Hi, my new stand-up comedy show, Sammy Shah, successful comedian, has started in Melbourne and runs through the 23rd of April, 7.50pm every day at the Chinese Museum and 6.50pm on Sundays. Tickets are available at comedyfestival.com.au or through thesammyshah.com slash shows. Patreon subscribers always get two free tickets, just email me the day before you want to come. Now on to News Weekly. Top Stories of the Week Republicans suddenly discover you can be innocent until proven guilty. And Peter Dutton not a monster, but also not a good politician. All that and no more on Newsweekly. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah, and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Big Al Capone on tax evasions energy news now. It's the day that Democrats have been dreaming of since Donald Trump became the 45th president of the United States. And just like everything the Democrats ever dream of, it was a whole lot of build-up to a disappointing dribble. Basically, what it's probably like having sex with Bill Clinton. So, Donald Trump finally appeared in a New York courtroom to be fingerprinted for paying off a porn star, which is pretty much exactly what anyone would have guessed he'd turn up in a courtroom for one day. His indictment resulted in left-wing news media in America making it sound like this was the greatest achievement in American judicial history. Here's Simone Sanders on MSNBC. But a historic development in a Manhattan courtroom showed that we as a nation are getting closer to applying that same standard of justice to everyone even a one-time occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Americans love talking like they're the first ones to ever do something that everyone else has been doing for years. Pakistan's not exactly a bastion of democratic rule of law, but even we prosecuted a former dictator, found him guilty of breaking our laws when he became a dictator, and he died in exile. Until Trump isn't sitting in an apartment in Dubai, this isn't a big achievement. So what's Trump being fingerprinted for? Well, according to court documents, Trump and his lawyer Michael Cohen were accused of giving $30,000 to a Trump Tower doorman who tried selling a story about an alleged Trump love child, a $150,000 payment to a former Playboy playmate who claims she had an affair with Trump, all this on top of the money he also allegedly gave porn star Stormy Daniels, all of which Trump said were legal expenses but that violates state laws. Which means Donald Trump spent over $350,000 on making sure no one found out he had sex with these women, which is evidence of how bad he is at investments. The question is, will these allegations against Trump affect his popularity with Republican voters, who are famously beholden to Christian values? Because he loves the American people, he knows the working class, he, does, he accomplishes a lot in a short time, and we need him to save our country. And yet he's a very wealthy businessman. Why do you think he knows the working class? Because he's been there and done that. He, he's done hands-on labor and he's always been the friend of the worker. Where did he do hands-on labor? Well, he's, he came up through the ranks in New York City under his father's business. Ah yes, Trump, whose riches-to-riches story is an inspiration for billionaires everywhere who inherited a multi-million dollar real estate empire from their dad who used to be a Ku Klux Klan member. Many Republicans were there in New York to support their leader despite the brutality of the counter-protests that tried to silence them with violent and cruel weapons like... whistles? 
Sir, can I ask what those are for? Um, so we hear that Marjorie Taylor Greene is coming to the city um, right here. So we brought some whistles to hand out to people to drown her out with some noise. And that's against the law, by the way, Tucker. You see, they didn't want me to be able to protest and use my First Amendment rights. And they wanted violence. I think they wanted that to happen because they want to repeat January 6th all over again. They want all of us Trump supporters, MAGA, um, basically Republicans and just good Americans to look like criminals. And that's what they do in communist countries. And that's actually what we're seeing today. Eminent historian Marjorie Taylor Greene there recalling Stalinist Russia where fascists killed millions by whistling at them. After this court hearing, Trump flew back to his headquarters of Mar-a-Lago where he gave a speech about all the injustices done to him, of which here are some highlights. And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor, Alvin Bragg of New York. The world is already laughing at us for so many other reasons, like our open borders and facial obliteration could very well lead under the Biden administration's leadership to an all-out nuclear world war three can happen over an absolutely perfect phone call, even more perfect than the one I made with the president of Ukraine. Remember, I kept saying, that's a perfect call. This one was more perfect. This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election, and it should be dropped immediately, immediately. So now that Trump is being made to answer for his crimes, are Democrats and the American left finally happy? Do you see anything new in there today that you didn't know? No, in fact, I um, it's kind of expected that there would be less than people would want to read. People felt it was a little underwhelming. Some found it disappointing. It depressed some people on the left. This is one of the most historic cases, arguably the most significant case right now in the American court system. It appears to be built on a pretty shaky foundation. It's a bubble case. It's not a slam dunk. Commentators across the spectrum are saying, boy, there's really not much in here. Raises all kinds of questions about the legal theory behind this case. An unimpressive document. Apparently, Democrats expected a Marvel movie and instead they got a legal drama and they don't want a legal drama. They don't want days, weeks and months of filing paperwork and counterfiling and reframing of arguments and reconsidering evidence viability and dismissing witnesses and possibly issuing fines at the end of it all. They expected Donald Trump to ride in on the back of a Nazgul and Biden says not today, Bob, and shoots him with an Iron Man glove. Which is probably why CNN, MSNBC, CBS and all the other left-wing networks sound like hardcore MCU fans who just watched the latest Ant-Man movie. It turns out defeating Kang isn't going to mean creating the Avengers of the multiverse, just a whole lot of legal paperwork instead. Face-eating party announces new face-eating policy. News now. In a move that surprised no one at all, the Liberal Party under Peter Dutton has announced its official stance on a constitutionally enshrined voice to Parliament. There was a resounding no to the Prime Minister's Canberra voice. The leader of the Liberal Party, who personally boycotted the apology to stolen generations and once said refugees who had been raped and were asking for access to abortion services were trying it on, has once again committed to being on the wrong side of history with his party standing firmly and proudly behind him. 
So one justification is the man whose wife once described him unconvincingly as not a monster given for his party's decision. And I think what the Liberal Party has agreed to today has the ability to unite our country, not divide our country. So how's that uniting of the country going for the Liberal Party? The Liberal Party has suffered a major blow over its position on The Voice. Ken Wyatt, Australia's first Indigenous Cabinet Minister, has quit in protest. At this point, the only way the Liberals can unite the country is in hating them. Linda Burney, the current Minister for Indigenous Australians, has defended Voice to Parliament. This is a decision that the Australian people will make, and I have faith in the Australian people. Which sounds a lot like Linda Burney hasn't had a chance to meet any Australian people in a long time. It comes as the latest news poll shows if the referendum was held today, it would likely pass. 54% of all Australian voters support constitutional recognition and a voice to Parliament. 54% is not a lot. And that should also take into account how most polling relies on people being honest with the pollsters. And that's never happened. So who exactly is against voice to Parliament? 38% are opposed. To be successful, the referendum needs a majority of votes in a majority of states. At this stage, all states, bar Queensland, sit above 50%. Of course, it's Queensland, the Florida of Australia. The problem is, voice to parliament is a worthwhile topic of debate, and given the expectations on it, people should be seeing all kinds of surprising and honest conversations happening around it. Instead, it's quite clearly already devolved to the same conservative versus progressive lines as every other cultural topic tends to, even when there are some conservative commentators who are in favour of it. For example, Sky News' canine copulation correspondent Chris Kenny, who has been an advocate for Voice to Parliament for a while now, and his own viewers are angry at him for this one brief moment of nuance in his misbegotten life. Now, you know I'm a bit of a warrior too on our energy madness, on climate change alarmism, on the disgraceful nanny state overreach of our governments. And I'm never going to stop fighting for common sense on these issues. I'll take on the ABC, I'll take on Kevin Rudd and Malcolm Turnbull, I'll take on Labor, the Greens, the Teals and even the Liberals. You've got to have the debates. And I know many of you disagree with me on The Voice. And we all know the debate's going to get even hotter over coming months. But let me just mention a couple of points on that. One is that you know I support The Voice. I never pretend otherwise. I'm up front. Anyway, some recent feedback, though, takes all this a little bit further. Sky needs to get rid of Kenny, says one message. And another says, I should be sacked because I'm useless now, apparently, because I support The Voice. Now, there are plenty more like that. Uh, now, you know that I've supported The Voice since 2015, by the way, when the Coalition was in government and long before Labor supported it. But the point is that one of the things I rail against here every night is cancel culture. And I reckon most of you are with me on that fight too. So we shouldn't be cancelling people at Sky for having a different point of view, should we? In other news, Dr. Frankenstein not happy with his monster for strangling his fiancée. Count Dracula bemoans all these uppity little vampires who keep eating all his human friends and Hannibal Lecter demands cannibals stop using his recipe book to try flambeing him. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. Like I said, my show is still on at the Melbourne National Comedy Festival 
And then I'm coming to the Sydney Comedy Festival on the 27th and 28th of April. Tickets for those are already available as well on the Sydney Comedy Festival website. I will see you there. Otherwise, I'll see you right back here next week where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Mm-hmm.